0: I'd say that does the trick. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I'd say that'll do it.
1: Hello, hello and welcome to the Bear Necessities podcast. Uh, we're into hitting wrong buttons on our intro today. But you know what? That kind of uh, personifies yeah. this entire off season for us here. I mean, uh kind of half measures through and through, uh, especially when it comes to the head coaching position. But uh Reese, how are you doing this week?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh definitely it's just like that grinded out part of winter, right? Uh you know, oh yeah. I feel I feel like January takes such a long time to get through. Um and man, honestly, it feels like such a long time ago, you know, got to witness that Michigan national championship which was definitely a great, a great kickoff to the new year. But it's just everything moves so fast. And, you know, especially things moving so fast, uh, you know, as far as the off season goes, it just it seems like, you know, today was the last day of January. And, you know, the commanders and the Seahawks were both, I think technically at the start of the day, they were without a head coach. And it seemed like they were waiting forever. Um, and it seems like some of these Bears hires took forever as well. But in reality, things happen pretty quickly and things just move so fast these days uh, that, you know, we get so immersed in opinions and everything. And it's like, why aren't things happening like right now at the snap of a finger? And it's like, yeah, you know, just breathe, you know, soak it all in. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, I'm kind of with you a little bit, at least at the head coaching, um, head coaching role. I think that it was a little bit of a half measure. And I think um even just to take like, you know, I've been listening to a lot of different Bears media um, kind of throughout this time period and, and listening to Lawrence Holmes on the score. I, I believe it was him that said, you know, the Bears didn't necessarily do what's going to make them the most competitive, but it's what they're most comfortable with. And I think that really hammers home kind of what happens sometimes with this Chicago Bears franchise, right, is, you know, yeah. maybe too often this team is just trying to stay comfortable.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, as I said on the previous podcast, um, I just, if you're a team that has a losing record, and especially for as long as the Bears have had losing records now, stop using the word continuity in, in any of your press <laughs> conferences. You're banned from that word. I hate that word uh, from I'll stand losing by teams. That, I'll it, stand by it's, that. <laughs> it's the opposite. And people act as if it's a good thing. I'm like, uh, I don't know. And I'm not even listen. This isn't even about Eberflus at the moment. This is just a general cry for help from us bears fans. Please spare us on the continuity. The continuity is the one thing that I'm okay losing right now. Uh, but overall, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it Reece. This, you know, what was the, 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 our desired outcome for the coaching cycle, Matt Ibraflus is fired, and you go get a young offensive mind to pair with a young quarterback. Um, you know, keeping Ibraflus, it, it's a questionable move by Poles. We'll see if it works out. You know, I think we're going to get into some of the offensive hires today. Um, and I think that they've done a good job there. But at the same time, you just wonder you're supposed to have Ibraflus. He wants to be the CEO type. Um, And especially if you evaluate him as if he was a CEO over the past two years, I mean, pretty much every single coach around uh, both coordinators, uh, both of the two main coordinators, I should say, I sure not the special teams coordinator. Both of them were fired. They had multiple offensive coaches fired during the season, the entire offensive coaching staff, essentially besides their uh, offensive line coach fired in the off season. Um, It's just, I don't know how to go about it. If you call, if you want to be a CEO, he has unequivocally failed at being that CEO coach. So now I'm really in on him just maintaining this defense. I was happy when it came out after the defensive hire. We'll talk about that later too. That he's Ibraflus is still going to be maintaining play calling because I think that's the only thing he really provides this team now. Sure, leadership playing hard too, obviously a big count. But I will say, Reese, on the bright side. Of everything, I know a lot of people, including myself, would have been really happy with Jim Harbaugh. I'm sure you would have been happy with Jim Harbaugh, Reese, too. Now, knowing that he was going to have to leave Michigan, um, <laughs> right? Exactly. Two of, that's outside it. of him, two of my top three candidates for the Bears head coaching job are going back to their teams. So, I mean, mm, that's yeah. that's on the bright side. They'll be available next year.
0: Yeah, I think it's man, I mean, there's a lot to get, get through. Um, you know, to kind of wrap up, because I've been giving my thoughts on Iberflus all season long. I don't think there's too much else for me to say. But I think that when we when we zoom out a little bit and, you know, some people do actually like Iberflus. They see the improvement of the team. Um, and ultimately, that's what this franchise is is buying into, at least for this upcoming season, um, is a mentality that, that Iberflus is going to keep pushing them forward. And when I really take a look back at what the 2023 season was, how the team performed, I can't help but feel that Matt Eberflus is a a great I'll, – I'll give him that great defensive coordinator um, and, and maybe not, not a top-tier head coach. And I, I think that's a, yeah. a really fair assessment. Um, and ultimately, you have to decide that if that is – if you're okay with that. And for this upcoming year, the bears, you know, Ryan Poles stood behind it and we're going to see what happens. Um, And of course, there's a lot of player acquisition to go uh, to happen through free agency, the draft, that process already starting to ramp up uh, this being the week of the senior bowl. So a lot of exciting things happening, happening there as well, but this is a long off season for the bears to navigate ahead, but it's just, it, it, already starts the season off with like a different note than like you said, like a top young offensive mind coming in, um, perhaps a Jim Harbaugh, you know, if I, if I knew, you know, that he was going to leave Michigan, sure I would have been pretty happy with him landing, you know, the bears as far as anywhere else. So I think that it's frustrating. What's up?
1: Here's, here's my question with Jim Harbaugh. And I, you know, I think, yeah, Trying to come at it with a level head here. And I, by the way, what a great landing spot for him with the Chargers. I know they have some reworking they have to do with that roster, but just, I mean, Harbaugh's career in the NFL kind of had a very consistent up and down quarterback play. And that was kind of one of the main things that got that San Francisco team, but got to love just getting him immediately paired with Justin Herbert, who's been good with literally everyone that comes around him. Um, and always being that consistent piece on that team, um, you know I, what a what a great pairing there for him.
0: I think that was the main driver in him wanting to go there. If I'm being honest, um, yeah. I think you don't that, think he's
1: trading him to the Bears to draft JJ McCarthy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that's happening. And I, you know, it, on a side topic, I don't think he'd be opposed to having that happen. But I think that you know when he assesses <laughs> when he assesses the job openings that were available um and the charges are in salary cap hell a little bit they have a lot of dead money that could get out of there um or a dead cap they can eat up this year by moving on from some players that haven't delivered but that's a yeah. separate topic as far as you know marrying the coach and the quarterback it does seem like a, a very good fit um it's gonna be interesting to see how they decide to to change that offense um you know, from what Kellen Moore was running, I'm um, blanking on who was even before Kellen Moore. Um, but I don't yeah, know. I it's, can't
1: remember who that was.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. But I was gonna say for the Bears, you know, on the, on the oh wait, wait,
1: hold on one second. Sorry, I, I want to finish my thought. I got tra- sidetracked there with oh. how excited I was. Do you okay. think that he like when we're just talking about like on the perspective of like getting a young quarterback to be developed? do you think Harbaugh, I think Harbaugh immediately over Eberflus comes in and puts the bears in much more likely situation to win games. No doubt about it. But in terms of just developing a quarterback, do you think that Harbaugh gives you any sort of advantage that Eberflus and the staff doesn't give you?
0: I don't think he's some quarterback wizard, you know, like I don't think that he necessarily has the magic touch or anything. Um, Especially from watching the whole Harbaugh era, like in entirety, and, and the quarterbacks that they did have, there were some some struggles. Um, that being said, I think that you know when he does, like a quarterback like Justin Herbert, or for what JJ McCarthy was to the Michigan program, um, just someone that's a, that's a, a leader, and then also having um, some insane traits and processing ability at the quarterback position, because what it takes in Harbaugh. And I think it, it will probably change in the NFL, but Harbaugh has always enjoyed running the football. And I think that's one of the, Yeah, as you're evaluating quarterbacks, you know, J.J. McCarthy this coming year, it's really interesting because at first glance, anyone that just looks at stats is not going to like, like McCarthy, I'm not saying his stats are bad from like a ratio or a, like a EPA type standpoint, um, as far as like expected versus what actually happened. Um, but you're just going to look at the yardage, even the attempts, and go like, man, what what is going on here? But I think it's almost tougher for a quarterback to perform well in an offense like that when it's going to be like play action shot plays and then also just, um, you know, maybe you're going to follow it up with a quick throw after a two to three runs. Like yeah. to you never really quite sink into a rhythm, so you have to be a great processor, great understand uh, of the game. Um, and I think that with Herbert, someone that has sped up that processing is has a the mechanics to boot as well. Um, has the the firm football throwing motion down there? Like that's a quarterback that can really excel with Harbaugh because he's going to be able to capitalize on the opportunities. So I think that it's going to be a good marriage. I don't think that Harbaugh is necessarily going to be extremely better than what this Waldron and Co could be for a Caleb Williams or maybe, maybe Justin Fields, you know, either one, you know, not even walking through that hypothetical. I think that this offensive staff they brought in can be efficient at it, can be proficient at it. Um, But we'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just, yeah. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Um, And yeah, just to kind of continue on, as I was saying the bright side, two of the top three candidates that I had, I kind of my big board for, Uh, the Bears head coaches are retained by their team this year. Um, That being uh, Ben Johnson, who that shocked me to be completely honest. I thought for sure he was gone. I thought locked to Washington, um, especially because this is what there has to be either some sort of power struggle or some sort of, um, you know, contract struggle, but between what that happened, because it seemed like a lock that he was going to Washington and just it seemed like he was going to get a quarterback that fit his system so well with Drake may landing in that spot. Like it just seemed like every, all the stars were aligning there. new management in Washington, you know, that team, I know it's underperformed, but they do have some talent offensively, especially at that wide receiver position. Um, and you know, they got some half decent running backs. So it just seemed like it was almost going to be a match made in heaven there. And then he gets retained. I don't know what goes into that. Um, But then also, which even surprised me a little bit more, I would say, Bobby Slowick, or Slowick, excuse me, uh, him returning to the Texans. He was my top guy um, for the Bears to go after. I actually think that's a good move for him because he is pretty green into his coaching career. Um, You know, really first-year coordinator, which is is tough to evaluate. Um, And yeah, I just feel like he is going to if things don't work out with Eberflus, which obviously at this point when you have a quarterback coming into the fold is not what you want. Um, but let's just say some Eberflus doesn't work out. Having the potential to add Bobby Slawik in the off season, um, which who runs a scheme that is going to be very similar to what the future quarterback of our system is going to be, you know, running this current year. Um, that is, makes me a little bit more reassured of the potential, you know, other options that will come in the future.
0: Yeah. And even too, I mean, if you're not a, a, a big offensive mind guy, you know, you like your defensive coaches, Bill Belichick is looking like he's still going to be around as well. Um, but i yeah. just taken a year off and I'd assume his name is going to be brought up once again, uh, unless some kind of, you know, some kind of PR comes out from, from his agent or him about, him officially going into retirement but it seemed like he was at least exploring the possibility of picking up another head coaching job in this cycle so there's gonna be names and i thought that you know possibly that's what made the bears passing on coaches um head coaches in this cycle hurt was that there's so many good names out there but it was interesting there were some interesting names hired you know particularly canales um he went to carolina right after he was just a one year offensive coordinator, yeah. Um, so, yeah. just some interesting moves, and uh, I I forgot already too. Who didn't the Seahawks hire someone today?
1: Yeah they they hired the uh, McDaniel.
0: That's right. Yep, former Michigan defensive coordinator. Who is I like that you know, hire for them? Once again, yeah, great defensive coordinator. But you know, we've talked about it on this podcast too. You do sometimes fall into a bit of a a rut being a defensive head coach, as far as you have to line things up properly along your offensive staff to kind of keep a consistent flow. And there's going to be changes in the offense. but schematically you want things to stay the same. So maybe he'll face that challenge out there in Seattle, but yeah, I don't mind the hire. I mean, I think that certainly defensively um, is a top tier defensive coordinator. So I can understand why he got the shot.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of, schematic advantages there as well um his coaching staff is getting hired left and right um well his coaching staff and kind of the coaching staff coming out of the ravens overall is kind of getting hired left and right usc's defensive coordinator danton lynn uh notably the son of anthony lynn for those of you who don't know um he he was a ravens guy um You know, a lot of hires coming in from there. And I think that was a good, good, good hire for the Seahawks. I like that a lot. I have no clue where Washington is going to who they're going to hire. I mean, it seemed like they really put all their eggs in one basket with Ben Johnson, who, again, would have been a home run hire. But that kind of shows you, like, if you wait, you can miss out. And I feel like they've missed out big time. I don't know who they could possibly hire at this point.
0: Maybe it will be Belichick, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but that's still to be sorted out. Can you, I mean, I know this is an organization that's changed hands as far as ownership, but man, it just seems typical commanders. I I feel like that is a team that kind of gets stuck in a similar space to the Bears, you know, not like tragically bad. Usually, I mean, these past few years have been (laughs) have been tough, but like usually not tragically bad, but also just like mediocre (laughs)
1: yeah so yeah absolutely absolutely um all right moving on to the next topic i mean i guess we can sum that sum that up by saying we're okay with it you know it's it's fine it is what it is we have to accept it i'm not even gonna say okay with it we have to accept it we gotta hope for the best you know that's just what it is iberflus almost certainly it appears at this point will get his pick at quarterback um, Albert Breer and Bo- and Bragg Biggins both coming out reporting that they believe or people in the Bears organization also believe that they're going to probably take Caleb Williams with that top overall pick um, or specifically yeah. draft a quarterback I don't I don't think this is anything crazy you know we've been saying this on the podcast for a while now Um, I know we have our Justin truthers right but let's just be honest here. And I feel like the fan base on Twitter specifically is also like starting to kind of understand that that's, what's going to happen. Um, as you know, Daniel Jeremiah comes out, all these dra- Mel Kiper comes out. Everyone's saying bears are going to draft Caleb. Now that's not a lock by any means, but it just seems to me that these changes that are being it, to me, it seems like these changes being made are in preparation for a rookie quarterback.
0: Um Yeah. And I will say real quickly on that, Austin, I'll say that, you know, out of like the draft people, Daniel Jeremiah, I respect his opinion the most. But I do think that with you brought up Brad Biggs kind of putting out that tweet today. And I know you had sent it over um, to me. When he does make a statement like that, you know, nothing's ever a lock until you see it yourself, until you see it become official. Um, But Brad Biggs, that usually doesn't float out too many hypothetical things.
1: Yeah. And I, I agree with that Reese. I, Brad Biggs is, you know, one of the best beat reporters for the bears uh, specifically with his internal knowledge. He, whenever something that's bears specific or very specific to the bears pops up, he's always kind of the one to leak it. He's like our own Adam Schefter, if you will, (laughs) or Ian Rappaport. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that, that carried some weight, Albert Breer, you know, he can speculate at times, um, of course. And I think that Daniel Jeremiah, Maya is more so speaking. Uh, he specifically said that he can't say what the bears are going to, he doesn't know what the bears are going to do, but other people in the league presume this, um, which I think is interesting too. Listen, I just think this this is like the one, (laughs) this is like the easiest way to put the conversation NFL teams. They truly, truly speak first and foremost with their pocketbook, right? I think when you look at it, the conversations that are being had right now is even for the people that support Justin Fields, one of their biggest counterpoints. And I again, I support Justin Fields. I hope he has a great career. One of their biggest counterpoints is we could get an absolute haul for the first overall pick. And I, I beg to ask you this. Why can we not get an absolute haul from Justin Fields, but we can get an absolute haul from the first overall pick? Why can we get three first overall picks plus for Caleb Williams, but it's being reported maybe two day two picks for Justin Fields? Listen, it just, the value doesn't make sense there. It's because Caleb Williams is perceived to have a higher upside and higher likelihood of having a positive outcome.
0: Yeah. And I don't even think it has to be like as cut and dry to, I mean, there's so many layers to this thing. And I think that's why, like, I think also too, because we felt kind of a little bit the same about Justin. I do think that obviously Justin Fields though, was not the first choice quarterback in in his own draft. And Austin, I know that you and I were over the moon when they had drafted him um, and, and we super excited, thought that he was going to be the quarterback to pull, pull his team out of the gutter. Um you know, it seems like we're a little bit back in that same situation again. I th- I'd i say just ultimately, and I think it's what's tough is like we get, you know, some people, some analysts or commentators, whatever, people that are uh, tweeting, like the whole spectrum, everything like or just like, oh, you know, just watch the tape. And I think that that's such a funny thing to do. It's like, OK, like, OK, not everyone has time in the day to pour over every single snap <laughs> that Caleb Williams has done. You know, so I understand that's why people watch highlights. Um, but if you did have a chance to catch like a couple of UFC's games over the past two years or you saw him in that Red River rivalry, I think that you have sh- seen the has the potential to be a high end playmaker in the league, um, has the ability to pass well out of the pocket and can also improvise. Does that mean that he's perfect? Like there's some people home to the standard that's, you know, because they get upset about the. Um, QB school, QB school thing with uh, JTO Sullivan with Justin Fields saying he should throw, throw, throw that. And then they watch something with Caleb Williams or like, well, he passed up this open receiver. Like it's never (sighs) like, okay, you can try to make those arguments, but you're not really going to make (laughs) the impression that you want or like that logic. This isn't necessarily going to form a real conclusion. Um, So if you do happen to, if you had watched some of the Caleb Williams games, like you can see, he has that special ability. Um, Definitely way more than any other quarterback in this draft, in my opinion. Um, And I think too, it's just like people get wrapped up in the wrong things about him. They're creating these storylines about how he is, character thing, (laughs) reading into quotes that USC players said after Miller Moss's performances about them being a team, the (laughs) fingernail painting, like, people are breaking down. So many things are so like really at a team level, like that's not going to matter. And also fearing that the locker room is going to implode. Like, no, it's probably not like they're going to realize that they have someone special there too. And even though a player like DJ Moore may have liked playing with fields, you know, (laughs) <laughs> yeah so what
1: <laughs> I mean right. I don't mean exactly. to be too bleak about it but like I, I understand locker room is important but if the locker room was Ryan Pohl's top priority he wouldn't have traded Robert Quinn he wouldn't have traded Roquan Smith those two guys were right. incredibly popular in the Bears locker room Khalil Mack who was also very popular cut Akeem Hicks also extremely players popular. even
0: said it players said it yeah. after Roquan got traded man that yeah. sucks Roquan was a leader for this defense it's like yeah, man, and <laughs> <laughs> they didn't shy away from it. So yeah, ex- exactly. And and it was,
1: even I remember Roquan responding to, you know, Robert Quinn getting traded. I mean, it was it it was a lot. Like I, I understand, like, and this is what I'll even say: if I were the Bears, and, and I was bet like, let's say I could go back to the twenty twenty one draft, you know, and, and just start over. I would still draft Justin Fields. I think it was still, even with the trade-up, I still think it was a good move. And honestly, if we had to go in with Justin Fields, if we had to do that, I would still feel comfortable. Justin Fields is the best Bears quarterback by a pretty substantial margin in a long time. He hasn't been given a completely fair shake, but he also has not done enough to to skip the opportunity at drafting someone who... You know, whatever way you put it, even if you're low on Caleb Williams, it you can't even argue that he's not a top three quarterback prospect since, like, I don't know, Andrew Luck, I would say. Yeah. Even people that don't like Caleb
0: Williams. Yeah, exactly. I, and I agree with that. And I don't know. It's just, it's so much as far as just... That's why I almost try to separate, like, the Bears. And I get so much of Bears news from... um from twitter but uh, you sometimes just gotta remove <laughs> yourself from that world because that is just a non it's really a non-existing space and and how football operations are done um absolutely and, and honestly and- the fact that polls has to delete his twitter that was like i was like bro you don't gotta delete it you just don't gotta pay attention to it man <laughs> like yeah it, you shouldn't be letting right. the tweets that you read you know form your opinion um But yeah, yeah, I think with Fields, I I think Adam Hogue may have put it in one of the better ways. I mean, everyone's put out an opinion on this, but he was like after this year, if you didn't if you didn't know what the decision would be, that was your decision or something like that. Like if you weren't clear, if Justin was the quarterback or not after this past year, that was your decision. Um, And, you know, I think it sucks to pass up on, you know, people are like, we're taking another gamble if we get Caleb Williams. And I understand that and I get the hesitation, but right now I feel like you're still like at those same odds for if it's going to work out for Justin, not in the space of, he can be an NFL quarterback. Like we know that he can be, I mean, you know how much successful he get. I think it's still a little bit to be determined, but you know, we know he can be that, but I think whether or not he can lead this team to, getting to, I think he could eventually maybe get them to that division title, but could he be a quarterback for a playoff push? I think we have equal doubts to that as well or not, you know, Caleb Williams can be a franchise QB. So I exactly that's how you, how you look at it.
1: <laughs> the and, and the people that are saying, Oh, let's just trade the, tr- the pick and build around the quarterback. Like guys, I don't, I mean, I just don't know how much, how much more proof you need in the bears history to prove that drafting players and putting them around a quarterback doesn't build championship teams, right? The bears entire history time after time, after time, again, you, you know, we can look back to the Nagy era. We can look back to the Rex Grossman era, has been competent teams with incompetent quarterbacks And, like, let me just say this, and this is what I really want Bears fans to ask themselves because I think it removes the bias a little bit. Do you think that, for instance, if the Cowboys had the first overall pick, they would draft Caleb Williams?
0: Man, that's a good question. I I think they would, yeah.
1: I think they would, too. Do you think the Seahawks
0: would? Yeah, the Seahawks would, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. What about the 49ers who are in the Super Bowl right now
0: so <laughs> that 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 one gets a little I, I think that's like Super Bowl dependent you know yeah and not I, even probably. saying that that should I don't even say that should actually really change how you view Purdy or not um, but I would say I don't think the 49ers would right at this moment but if you know, bar a three-interception performance by Purdy that cost them the Super Bowl, that might change. <laughs> what about the Vikings? I think the Vikings definitely would.
1: Yeah. What about the Lions?
0: <laughs> it's tough to picture Lions in that spot, especially with everything that's gone on know. with Jared Goff recently. But um, they they would. I think they would. I mean, but here yeah. at the end of the day, my Maybe. bigger point is
1: that we're rattling off quarterbacks that has have had significantly more passing success than Justin Fields in the league right now. And we just have to be honest with ourselves is, Hey, Justin Fields can be good. That is a potential possible outcome, but the likelihood of him being a top three quarterback is very low at this point. And my biggest fear and like, here's kind of, and I I don't like bringing up this player because they've got a lot of other stuff going on, but, uh, the big comparison that we had to Justin Fields when he was coming out was Deshaun Watson. And even Deshaun Watson has shown throughout his career that he can't really win anything, um, especially now. I mean, Joe Flacco has been out yeah. playing him. So. And this
0: Deshaun Watson and, and removing all the personal stuff, you know, <laughs> this Deshaun Watson before and after his little hiatus from football are different players. I mean, he was yeah. definitely different pre 38 incidents of whatever happened. <laughs> but, <laughs> alleged the
1: alleged 98. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, I, I think too, and I, to wrap this into what we're ultimately going to be talking about here too in a second, I think part of the reason why this, you know, why Shane Waldron, why Matt Iberflussen getting Shane Waldron and all this to piece together because, you know, to kind of um, do a little looking ahead here, I think that this offensive staff that they put together is, is pretty solid. Um, and I think a lot of them got in because they have the chance to go ahead and coach Caleb Williams. And I think that says a lot yeah. too. I think when coaches look at a prospect like that and, you know, someone like Shane Waldron is thinking when he's taking the OC job, man, if I do it right, you know, in one season, two seasons, as his offensive coordinator, oh, yeah. that's going to give me prime picking to not just get a head coach position, but be a little bit more selective with where I'm going. Because I think you're seeing that with coaches these days, too. You know, I think coaches you and know, some. Yeah, true. I, I think, you know, these people, these executives or these head coaching candidates, they don't just want a job. Some of them just have to take it if they want their in. Like, that's just the reality for some of the candidates. But some of the guys, you know, like a Ben Johnson, you know, maybe this whole thing with Ben Johnson is that it seems kind of tough to believe that he wouldn't go to a place like Seattle. Cause that seems like that would be, they have yeah. some pieces, um, but you know, it looks like a place like Washington. And I agree with you, Austin. I think that they do have some good pieces in the wide receiver room, you know, some other pieces, a lot of pieces moved and got traded away during this past season on the defensive side of the ball. But you would think maybe with Washington, he just passed it up and was like, you know what, I'm not putting my reputation, my future head coaching career on the line in a place like Washington. I think that's happening. So, you, you yeah, know, I think you have to take some of these decisions, especially from top candidates, in which Shane Waldron was a top offensive coordinator candidate. You know, Austin, you and I talked about how he was basically at the top of our list. Now, the rest of the list were kind of people we were a little, Meh, you know not so high on, yeah. um, but Shane Waldron topped our list, topped a lot of other analysts um, in Chicago's list. He came here. I think that says a lot in the fact that, you know, some people go flip the script and say it's because he wants to coach Justin, but I think it's a lot more believable. I think this came together uh, in the thought of being able to coach Caleb Williams.
1: Yeah. And I don't want like in terms of when the name first came out, I don't think people are reading in too much to the scheme. Yes. I feel like the scheme is either quarterback like Justin or Caleb. Um, Because like, to be honest, that was my big concern with Ben Johnson is I don't think Caleb would be good in Ben Johnson's like, I shouldn't say that Ben Johnson's offense goes against a lot of the things that Caleb Williams excels at Um, like being a lot of traditional drop back passing sets, things like that. So, Shane Waldron and like Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, even guys like Drake May, I mean, they'll all fit into this offense. But what exactly what you're saying, I don't think Shane Waldron would have been so quick to hire this. This is probably, if it doesn't turn out well, his last OC position he'll have. Like he had to m- make a decision. Um and he kind of had his pick of the litter because, you know, around the league, he is viewed as the uh, the rare instance in the NFL where you get uh, OC with successful offenses coming to the table that are just free to pick up any pick Chicago. And I don't, I agree with you. I don't think it's to salvage a third year, a fourth year quarterback. It would be, um, I think it's to draft Caleb Williams yeah. and try to make him into yeah. one of the best quarterbacks that have ever lived.
0: Yeah and I think to connect that to to what I was trying to say like yeah I don't think you get a, a Thomas Brown as your passing coordinator
1: Yeah, right this is definitely know. his last stop if this doesn't work out
0: either yeah but I feel like with some of the hires under Waldron it was like it seems like that's kind of where I seem to maybe lean a little bit more towards Caleb at that point but I'm with you I think yes. when yes. people were trying to make a determination when Waldron was hired you know, right away saying, Oh, this is a Justin thing. This is a Caleb thing. You know, I think that ultimately kind of from that McVeigh tree, they will take a, a an athletic quarterback. Um, but that's kind of a little bit of like icing on the cake. It's not necessarily something that's uh, required. I mean, they can definitely deal with someone that's pretty pocket bound as well. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, look at McVeigh's quarterbacks.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. So Yeah, I don't think that pointed one way or the other, but yeah, we can get into it, Austin.
1: Yeah, and and I'll uh, say a few more comments on Shane Waldron. So he comes in, gets hired, top of both of our lists. I mean, just the obvious candidate, as we said previously. He was in a rare situation where his offenses have been successful, have succeeded with completely revitalizing Geno Smith's career Um, and to be honest, like when Shane, this is the other underrated aspects of Shane Waldron's offense. I think a lot of bears fans will be happy to hear when he came in that Seattle offensive line was complete garbage and they drafted a bunch of guys and he developed them and it became better than average. They still have some needs at the guard positions, but both tackles who, you know, now they've this year they had some injury, which really threw off the offense, but both tackles, not neither one. Well, one of them being a higher up draft pick the other one being a mid to late round draft pick both of them have proven to be starters in the league and played at a high level um so that's another good aspect waldron's offenses pretty much all three years in seattle uh, the first two were top 10 uh, or top 12 ish i should say i don't know if it was top 10 exactly in about every category specifically when looking at dvoa which offensively i think is one of the most important metrics it kind of measures, uh, efficiency, which <laughs> is the one thing the bears offense was not this past year. Um, <laughs> and this year things, you know, the final year things didn't go as well as planned. I think that they were just kind of hitting that ceiling on that offense. Um, you know, I, as much as I love Geno Smith and especially some classic college football, Geno Smith, uh, oh, I yeah. do s- still think that there is a defined ceiling there. And, you know, this past year's performance led to a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans, you know, come kind of coming out of the woodwork being like, oh, he's a bum, yada, yada, yada. You know, that's just what happens when you don't have a great quarterback at the position. And I think that Seattle fans are so quickly, they, they've been, they were spoiled so much with having, you know, prime Russell Wilson years, um, that the transition from Russell Wilson how smoothly it went, I don't think people gave enough credit to Shane Waldron. They'll try to say, oh, it's Dave Canales. Canales, uh, look at what he did with Baker Mayfield. I do think he had an impact on it. But Gino still had a pretty decent year this year. Not, not his best year, but still a pretty decent year. Uh, definitely a great year for what, who has been mostly a career backup quarterback. So, you know, I think those, uh, have been, those concerns have been a little overblown from Seattle fans.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that it's a, it's a very respectable hire. Um, and I think ultimately, to put it bluntly, it's as good as the Bears could have done. After a routine, yeah. I think that, to put it simply, the Bears probably maxed out on the offensive coordinator hire that they could have gotten. Um, and I think Shane Waldron was, was one leading contenders from the jump. Uh, and I think it quickly evolved into into him getting the job.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. The the two other criticisms I've heard a lot of him have been, you know, some situational play calling things, some third down play calling. Hopefully that doesn't Uh-oh. be the case because it <laughs> sounds very similar to a guy we just fired. Um, <laughs> it, it would be pretty hard to be as bad as uh, Getse in those situations, though. Um, I think that Shane Waldron is going to be a I mean, it's pretty safe to say already that he's the most credentialed offensive coordinator hire that we've had in a long time. Um, so I'm excited for that, but let's go ahead and move on to the next coach on the offensive staff, Carrie Joseph. This one, I was a little surprised with, to be completely honest. I thought they were, would have went with someone with a little bit of a more notable name, notable background. Um, honestly, I was even thinking maybe they would bring in Thomas Brown as the QB coach. Um, but Carrie Joseph and the more that I, I read into him, um, this is a guy whose uh, coaches' opinions of him are much greater than his actual resume right now. Um, I have s- seen so many positive takes on Kerry Joseph written by very reputable coaches, uh, including Pete Carroll uh, and Shane Waldron. And it. I do think it says something that he he was the assistant quarterbacks coach with the Seattle Seahawks, but he gets brought in as a QB coach over blanking on his name, Greg Olson, not the Greg Olson that you think it was, but Greg Olson, who was yeah. in the league for a long time uh, coaching quarterbacks. Uh, I, I think that is notable. And you know what? I will say we kind of picked the, the hot name last time with Janoco uh, when hiring Ibraflus. I actually do like the Shane Waldron's gang, a guy that he knows has seen coach and kind of has an upward trajectory
0: here. Are you upset that it's not chase Daniel? I know that he was <laughs> live for, uh, oh after, my God, after reexamining, you know, much respect to chase Daniel and the career that he had. But after looking at some of his takes, I was, uh, I was a little happy with chase Daniel.
1: <laughs> I, I love chase Daniel. You know, he, he won a few games for us here, but, um, man, he just, uh, Uh, He's very positive, definitely a very positive analyst. Um, uh, (laughs) There's so many of his Zach Wilson's breaking out again (laughs) videos on YouTube. And, uh, you know, I I appreciate it. But uh, I do think that it's good that we got someone with uh, a little bit higher of a resume.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. And I think, you know, the quarterbacks coaching kind of what you mentioned with Janoco, like, I don't know. I feel like the quarterbacks coach, because I don't want to dig myself in a hole here, because I don't want to say that it's overstated sometimes, because I do think that the right quarterbacks coach for the right quarterbacks can certainly make can be career changing. Um, But I think that sometimes, too, it's a a little too read into. (laughs) Oh, I agree, too.
1: Like, Like, I mean, let's be honest here. The real quarterback coach on your team should be your head coach. Like that should be the guy coaching or your in this case, your offensive coordinator. He should spend almost every second of practice next to your quarterback. And like, if you want to look at it across the league, all of the really, really good offenses, their offense coordinators or head coaches are huge quarterback guys. Uh, Sean McVay spends an unreal amount of time with the quarterback, Ben Johnson, unreal amount of time with the quarterback. Uh, I mean, we, we can go on and on.
0: Well, and I think, you know, ultimately they should be quarterback focused, um, or offensive line. I think those are tend to be the two, um, focuses uh, along the offensive side of the ball too, because the offensive line coach, you know, as far as getting a whole offense performing unison, they're kind of seen as that next step. Um, Mm -hmm because they're commanding a unit of their own as well. So I think one of those two spots is good for it. Um, but yeah, I think Joseph solid hire. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I think it's a good, solid, like you said, respected by his peers. Um, but I, I didn't need some, some splash in the pan for the quarterbacks coach. It wasn't, wasn't extremely important to me. Um, so yeah, I'm fine with him. He, he's,
1: also a coach at the senior bowl right now, which I thought was notable. And uh, there was some videos that came out of him coaching and seems to be very detail oriented. Um, and he was, you know, talking up Joe Milton a little bit, like trying to get him to do some th- things uh, at a higher quality. Uh, Michigan's very own Joe Milton, everyone. <laughs>
0: yeah. Respect to him. and I mean, I obviously wish him the best in his career, but yeah, yeah I could see, uh, you know, if if the Bears were to have Milton, I could see him talking to, to him for a lot. <laughs> might, need a, <laughs> might need a decent amount of guidance, you know. But he's yeah, going to be, yeah. Joe Milton is going to be the quarterback that on his pro day, I tell you what, like that man's going to throw it out of the practice facility. I mean, oh, yeah. he could probably have the ball hit the roof. He's got one of the best arms I've ever seen. Um, but I just hate to say it, like if Milton couldn't flash and hypels scheme in Tennessee. Um yeah. I don't like his chances in the pros, but you know, best of luck to him. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um all right, moving on. Thomas Brown. This is really kind of the marquee name that was added to the staff yeah. and I I really like this addition because he was someone that was actually from my understanding, if I remember correctly, interviewed for the OC job anyways, and he's someone that like around the league lot of people I respect for this dude um very talked very very positively about uh also a McVay disciple um he was there with Waldron with the Rams um seems like he's kind of the guy that's brought in where when the passing of the torch if this works out well inevitably comes he's kind of the guy waiting to take over uh I like the hire
0: yeah I'm glad you brought that up I think that is something important, kind of have a chain of promotion thoughts of how the torch could get passed down. Um I do think that would be the logical next step if, you know, fortunately, honestly, like please, hopefully one day <laughs> Waldron has to get hired away. Like I know that we right. we uh really worried about that with Gutsy and that ended up being uh some very <laughs> false hope. So hopefully that'd be a good problem to have for the Bears for once. Um oh and, and he was also a member you didn't mention us i'm not sure why but he, i believe he was also on the staff for the the high-flying uh carolina panthers offense of 2023 is that correct <laughs> he was a
1: member there that is true
0: yeah. no <laughs> we, but we, i'm not gonna hold... all
1: try to forget about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm not gonna hold that against him i think that the the coaching tree that's i, I think overall to like zoom out like Boom, looking at these staff hires as a whole, a lot of the McVeigh influence, I do think that's ultimately what fans and probably the organization want it to. I think that's going to be something that people are overall happy with. And I think, you know, at least for me, I'm happy with the McVeigh influence. I don't think that's a be all end all to have a, a successful offense is to have, um, you know, McVeigh have, have graced or, or um, had. <laughs> have the tutelage your of coach these guys. On your roster. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> he had at once talked to him. And I think that same thing <laughs> goes for Shanahan as well, too. Like, I think I understand the direction that the league is moving into, but I do think people get a little bit carried away that they have to be from a certain tree or not. But I think, okay. From a, from a, you know, a view of the situation, I think it's overall a good thing. Um So, yeah, I think Thomas Brown, Probably my favorite assistant uh, on the on the offensive staff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, wide receiver coach hired Chris Beatty. Uh, he notably coached DJ Moore uh, at Maryland. He also uh, coached the Chargers for recently. And then who was he with right before then? Oh, my God. I'm blank. I'm trying he to remember. was with I'm someone,
0: trying
1: to some see. other really
0: good. Team Chris Beattie, when he was at Maryland when he coached DJ Moore. I'm trying to see who his offensive coordinator was.
1: Yeah, that is that is a good question. Chris Beatty was also a running backs coach for Northern Illinois,
0: Pittsburgh. Yes, he that's was. Who it was. In, he he in, joined Pittsburgh in 2007. You know who was also a coach for NIU Austin? Who? matt canada (laughs) (laughs) let's hope that this
1: niu alum turns out a little bit different (laughs) than that niu (laughs) uh
0: yeah man this is gonna bother me bro i wish i i it's not right josh gaddis would have gotten there after dd i think i'm messing this up yeah i think that'd be crazy if uh because, man, I'd be talking about, you know, these wide receivers are going to be just, you know, running in sp- speed and space, man. That was always Josh Gaddis's thing. Speed and space. Let's see. No.
1: Oh, wait, wait, wait. That, sorry, I almost. I looked at the wrong thing. And I was supposed to be like, that makes no sense. <laughs> but Hold on one second. Uh,
0: I think it's exciting. Well, we're looking this up, Austin. A little sidebar. I know you had sent me. Um, the Packers' new defensive coordinator hire, the head coach from Boston College. And, of course, notably, too, you have Jesse Minter taking the D.C. position at Los Angeles. I think it's interesting to see uh, some of these coaches from the college ranks coming into the NFL. I think that's going to be a good shakeup, honestly.
1: I I love it, especially on defense It's happening, but it just shows you how how we keep aligning towards the same game, which I just overall think is, is beneficial. Um, For players, for, you know, it's just the NFL has gotten a lot more forward thinking and it's really good. Okay, you will never believe who the OC for Maryland was uh, for uh, while Beatty was there.
0: I'll never believe it. Yeah. Hold on. 2018. Well, I know that one of Harbaugh's staff from the early Michigan teams went on to go coach at Maryland.
1: Matt Canada.
0: <laughs> it was Matt Canada. Yeah, that is. Yeah, but I think
1: bro. that was in 2018. But I think DJ Moore. He was 2018 draft, so it really would have been 2017 season. It looks like it was Walt Bell. Walt Bell.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, that's hilarious. Sorry for uh, going off on a tangent, but bears also hired Chad Morton running backs coach. He was with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, former USC Trojan. So, um, you know, that's how, you know, we're drafting Caleb, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, that does not impact at all. Just cause don't want to feed into the bears Twitter war, but um, yeah, I think it's a good hire. I, I'm not going to, you know, go too crazy about it, but uh, I've heard really good things about him as an individual. And uh, overall, I think
0: that's a positive hire there. Yeah, I definitely agree.
1: All right, finally, let's do our defensive hire. Uh, Eric Washington. You know, I... Correct. Another interesting hire with the Panthers. He was actually a pretty good coach when he was there. Um, a lot of positive... Uh, a lot of players have very positive opinions of Eric Washington, um, which is good to see. I think that there is also a little bit of a discrepancy also with the way that bills fans viewed him because some of the defensive line products didn't turn out exactly how they expected them to. um, And they wish that the development would have been a little bit quicker, but coaches and coaches and players in the bills building love him. And I'll, uh, I'll take that opinion a little bit more than the fans opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that it wasn't a hire that blew me away. Uh, Eric Washington, but I think relatively, you know, you're bringing a defensive coordinator that isn't going to be a defensive play caller as well. So I think that really tempered my expectations from the jump as far as who this was going to be. Um, and really, ultimately, it's going to be someone that I would assume, you know, I guess I could be I could be off base here. but I assume it's going to be more um, have more role in game planning week to week and probably um, some scouting. Um, probably will be working with, you know, the scout teams to get an idea of, you know, putting together any kind of defensive scheme, trying to look forward to what adjustments could be and having input in that Um but it seems like that Eberflus is is, is going to be taking and running that defensive play calling. And I think as long as he is, uh, as long as he is the head coach of Chicago Bears, I think that's going to be the case. I think that is his his savior right now. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I wasn't going to get too overwhelmed or too bent out of shape about what defensive sort of coordinator hire was going to be. There are definitely some other names, especially even former. Um, I know some people, the weirdest shout out that I saw for the events of coordinator was Vic Fangio. I was like, okay, um, you can keep <laughs> dreaming, but that's not going to happen. And also, the scheme with him and he yeah. just does not line up one bit but after we
1: dedicated hundreds of millions and <laughs> many draft picks let's switch back to a, a, a 34 work
0: yeah and we're gonna play a lot of a lot of man blitz concepts <laughs> do you think roquan smith is available by any chance yeah right that was weird to have Bears fans gloat about him losing in the playoffs, but whatever. Some, yeah. of, you, some of you weirdos can do y'all. Like I'm not even going to tell you what to think. Because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. I'd rather
1: have the team with the quarterback whose brother is unbelievably obnoxious and dealing with multiple <laughs> lawsuits and uh, the tight end that has a girlfriend that everyone can't stop talking about. That's the team I'd rather have than okay, a, a well, player that was that, really good for
0: us. That point aside, that point aside. Sean Desai was... (laughs) Sorry, Siri started freaking out. Oh, gotcha. Sean Desai was also available. Would you be interested in Sean Desai? Once again, not really similar on on defensive philosophy.
1: (laughs) I didn't think Sean Desai was a bad coach when he was with us. And I also thought that the Eagles kind of moved on from him a little prematurely. Um, For Desai, it seems like schematically a lot of people have high respect for him. Um, And in terms of innovation, he, you know, follows that Fangio tree. A lot of innovation there, putting the schematic differences aside, you know, I I wouldn't be upset with the hire. I I like the idea of getting in new voices. And like, that's the thing that I think a lot of Bears fans were concerned. Like Flues is clearly going to keep this defense the way it is. It was his only saving grace this year. Um, and whoever's going to be the defense coordinator is probably mostly going to be in charge of game planning and day-to-day operation of defensive procedure. And that's probably about it. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would be okay with it, but I, you, honestly, none of these guys really blew me out of the water. The only guy that I didn't want touching anywhere near the team uh, was Joe Barry <laughs> because <laughs> that's, how that's fair, you know, He's Alex Grinch of the NFL. Let's be honest here. He
0: sucks. <laughs> what about Alex um, Grinch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. He's locked up at Washington. <laughs> or, sorry, Wisconsin. Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, I mean, if,
1: I- for any Bears fans that want to understand why this team was saying, we're a team now, we're a team now, maybe it could have been because it was only an offense for the entirety of uh, pretty much uh, Alex Grinch's tenure at USC. So that, that might give you a little hint there.
0: Yeah, you know what this made me think? Why haven't we heard um, you're bringing his name up for uh, USC back before the they Lin? got. D- no, not Anton Lynn. Not not oh, like oh, not someone oh, they the hired old D.C. Uh, yeah, Leonard. Was it Leonard or Leo? Leonard? Uh, yeah, Jim Leonard. Yeah, Jim Leonard. I'm surprised we didn't hear his name come up at all. But yeah, I don't I I don't know. I think,
1: you know, maybe he's still on the table. He really wants to make that NFL jump. He's turned down multiple college
0: jobs already. Um, Still just an analyst at Illinois. Very interesting. But (laughs)
1: loves champagne, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I guess so, bro. (laughs)
1: Um, He does love the Midwest a lot, too, which there is a lot to like about the Midwest. I understand that. But uh, from my understanding, he wants to stay in the Midwest as well. So. I mean, this, I guess this is a guy that's, you know, he's made NFL money, so he's probably pretty good. So I guess he's not too concerned about the next paycheck. He's probably more concerned about just getting what he feels is right for him. I also have to say, I am, I do have a lot of concern, not for any particular reason. Like this is just like an, uh, like, no, not like knowledge of a situation or anything like that, but I'm just worried that Danton Lynn is going to get tied to this Ravens job.
0: Mm, I hear you. Dude, tell me about it. I mean, um, <laughs> even with McDonald going and take the, the the position at Seattle, I mean, that's still not a good thing for Michigan. You know, the, the Michigan yeah. and Ravens job were tied hand in hand because of the defensive connections yeah. that they had, you know, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know, man. And, and Michigan already lost Biff Poggy, you know, he's, out oh, here no. doing his, his own thing at Charlotte, bro. I don't know if you'd realize, but, um, oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot who the edge prospect they have out that, um, uh, was he a was former coaching. Michigan prospect? I believe he might've been too. Yeah. He took a few players with
1: like,
0: him. Is it like, hyphen or something. Yeah, he's got the hyphenated last name. Yeah. Uh, Biff
1: Pogi, for you know, for you, those of you who really like your interesting head coaches, I think Mike Leach, you know, our our guy, um, Ed Orgeron, Biff Pogi is another another guy that's going to sit on <laughs> sit on that Mount Rushmore one day uh, in terms of best football character at head coach.
0: You're right. Yabby Oki Anoma.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I, that's the thing that I love about Biff Pogi is, you know, he could probably coach at a bigger pro. I'm sure he got some looks from some bigger programs than, than Charlotte, but you know, he's staying there. He, he cares about his teams a lot. I think, uh, uh, Harbaugh said that he's one of the best coaches he's ever been around. So
0: he loves Biff Pogue. They have a lot of respect for each other, him and Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's certainly a character. Also, that man doesn't need any money. He's like a hedge fund king. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. he was a.
1: He- yeah, apparently he like funds most of Charlotte's like football program too. Uh, kind of yeah. crazy.
0: They have an interesting small program thing going on there that that I think if you're really tuned in to college football, I think you're, you're pretty excited about the direction that UNC Charlotte can take yeah. <laughs> of all, of all places.
1: But Do you, what I, the other thing that I find kind of funny, because you're so integrated into the media still, um, University of Alabama, Birmingham, right? Pretty yeah. notable program that a lot of people will remember because it actually got shut down when Jordan Howard was there, and yep. that led to Jordan Howard transferring to Indiana. A lot of players, Bears and then they brought favorite. it back. Yeah, Bears, Bears favorite. Bring what? What's he doing? Does he need a job right now?
0: <laughs> Bring him back. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> the fans will tell you, put him back in pads, bro. He can still do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can play fullback now.
1: Um, But UAB's head coach is, why am I blanking on his name? Is it Trent Dilfer right now? Yeah, Trent Dilfer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Took him right from the high school ranks. Yeah. Former Ravens quarterback and also Fresno State, I believe, is where he played in college. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think
1: so. Yeah.
0: Back in those glorious whack Western Athletic Conference days, before they all became Mountain West schools, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's where uh, Kalen DeBoer came from too, right? He was the coach at Fresno, Fresno State, Fresno
0: State, and then he was an assistant at Indiana prior to that. Oh, at, yeah, you're you're right. That's he where he brought pennants from.
1: Oh, yes, you're you're right. He did interesting yeah. interesting interesting
0: and then yeah. before that i think he coached like naia level and won like national championships or had some ridiculous record at the naia level yeah he was
1: at southern illinois too oh oc wide receiver you know who i wonder if he coached who uh oh god why am i blank his name He was a beast in 2016 with Jordan Howard, wide receiver. Cam Meredith? Cam Meredith. Didn't Cam Meredith play at Southern Illinois?
0: I'm on fire today. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. I remember when the Bears didn't, when the Saints signed him to that uh, contract after 27. By the way, Mike Glennon single-handedly ruined this guy's career. Oh, no. Cam Meredith played at uh, Illinois State. Got it.
0: Oh, nice! He's a red bird.
1: Um, I remember. <laughs> I remember when. Uh, <laughs> well, Mike Glennon ruined his career. Let's let's be straight there, uh, but bit more so, I remember when the Bears then didn't sign him to an offer sheet, and the Saints signed him to like a two-year, four million-dollar offer sheet. Sheet, man. If bear. If Twitter was. You know, it, Twitter was still pretty big back then, but if it was like really as big as it was now, there would have been a nuclear meltdown <laughs> on Bears Twitter. You like if that, the worst,
0: if that happened now. The worst part about the Mike Lennon era, Austin, was the fact that people what? bought jerseys, man. <laughs> oh, people took, man. took part of their paycheck and invested it into a Mike Glennon jersey. That's terrible. Yeah, man. that that's
1: bad. That that's should be really those bad. should be
0: refunded. The Bears should go back and yeah. refund everyone. That bought one of his it's like jerseys, like buying a Dalton jersey. Yeah, that's tough, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like tough. Jesus Christ, yeah. He, he uh, DeBoer was a uh, OC for CU Falls. Interesting. Oh, he played there too. Interesting. Yeah, I, I always find it interesting. Now, oh, by the way, college football is you know, a lot of. Fans of smaller programs are going to absolutely hate it. uh, But it is really entertaining to see these coaches switch schools. And uh, like, there's so much movement. Like uh, college football is more chaotic by far than the NFL nowadays, which is just ridiculous (laughs) to think about.
0: (laughs) By like multiple levels, too. I don't even think it's a comparable job right now. Yeah. College coach. And and the thing is too, like with college coaching too, like with recruiting that plays such a huge part of it. And there are some like recruits, you know, we saw with Nick Saban, but Saban's a different level. Like that's like the goat college football coach. Um, Players do get married to head coaches, but it's also all the way down to like the assistants. Like people don't realize how how important an offensive line coach, um, a wide (coughs) receivers coach, like if you're Ohio State fan, like you know how integral Brian Hartline is to your program yeah. as a wide receivers coach. That man can't call plays for his damn life, but he knows how <laughs> to recruit the best wide receivers in the nation. <laughs> so yeah, it's these assistants all across the board, offensive defensive makes such a huge difference. And it's just wild. Everyone has to be tuned in every day of the year. Um, and they got some big conflicting dates coming up too. As far as early signing day and the start of these expanded pro uh, playoffs, the first round of the playoffs would be two days after early signing day. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous, bro. And there'll be that portals open at the same time. Like, I, they're going to have to figure something out, bro. It's, it's, it's too much at this
1: point that I'm, uh, I, mean, I'd, you know. I don't know how many big NCAA fans we have here, but it's hard to not say that they've just done an absolutely terrible job <laughs> at finding a way. Like, it seems like they, you know, and I know that, you know, programs like Tennessee is getting investigated again, a pretty big one, Florida State. Yeah,
0: that's, you know, <laughs>
1: it's like, it's Always so hard because it's like you, you haven't, of course, these schools are doing things out of the box right now because you guys have given little to no, uh, guidance onto how to actually manage this. And you've just opened it up to the complete wild, wild West. And, you know, USC benefits a lot from it too. We also, you know, we, we also get hit a lot, a lot because we have Oregon up there who will just pay money to mid recruits all day long. I mean, that's just, that you know, that's all film, Phil, Phil Nikes, uh, or sorry, his, his his entire pocketbook, Yeah. Checkbook. That's the word I was looking for. It's just going towards paying four star recruits. Like I'm like, this isn't, this is ridiculous. This is insane. Um, But you know, we'll see, we'll see if they can write it. I I really feel like we're heading to a college football where now they don't even manage their own playoffs. They don't I mean, they don't even rank their own teams. I I don't, I see little to no purpose for the NCAA uh, for football at least.
0: Yeah, there really isn't at this point, honestly, For being honest. I think that I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, yeah, I guess before we hop off, Austin, um, anything in particular senior bowl you're looking forward to? I don't want to – we're already an hour-plus deep into this, so I'm not trying to make something out of it. But what's, what's one player so far has caught your attention or you think is going to catch your attention?
1: Ooh, one player. That's hard. I really like Jackson Powers Johnson. I know that's not that's that's a name a lot of people have their eye on. Um, he's been having a dominant day. Christian Hayes from UConn. I think he's going to be he when it's all said and done. I think he could end up being the second center drafted um, in the class. Wide yeah. receiver for those of you who don't know. Um, I, I, I hate to give out some big names right now. Xavier Leggett is just a monster like I I really feel like once the combine gets rolled around, once everything gets rolled around, once you know the interviews he plays angry. I really feel like he has the opportunity to be as high as even the fourth wide receiver drafted in this class because of his physical profile is just absurd. it's DK Metcalf level good. And he 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 has a lot of shades of DK Metcalf, and he can create separation because he's quick. I just feel like this guy's just gonna feast at the combine. Um, so I would say look for him to, for to be a high riser. Um, I want to give one this, more name.
0: I'm trying to think. this wide receiver class is, is loaded. I yeah,
1: mean,
0: I love it. I think even too, um, not necessarily a position a need for the Bears, but I do think uh, from Toledo. Quinn Mitchell. Um, oh yeah. Corner. I think he's yep. definitely someone has caught my eye. Um, and I'm looking to see, I want to find more, just some players that I haven't gotten to watch enough. Um, like the wide here from Florida, Ricky Purcell.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. He's I, good.
0: I got to watch more of, of him. So I'll be excited to see um, all the different clips and all that, that. I get to, to watch from him playing in uh, the drills yeah. and also in the, the scrimmage.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I think like, especially if we draft Caleb, keep, you know what? I'm actually going to give out two tight ends. That's what I'm going to give. I'm going to give you Ben Sinnott. I'm such a huge fan of him. He's been feasting at, I've, I've been a pretty big fan of him going into earlier this year, and he's just been feasting, absolutely feasting at the senior bowl. And that is not a surprise to me. Um, I, I just think he's going to be good in the NFL. Um, Jaheem, you know, obviously Jaheem Bell he's been good since he's been at South Carolina um like he he could have came out last year and been as equally high of a draft pick I almost feel like Florida State used him wrong this year and he still looked good I don't think he's a fullback how they had him listed at much of the time this year but just like a utility player
0: really good yeah no it's it's uh I love this draft, man. I think this draft is, it's not necessarily deep at every position, but I think at wide receiver and quarterback, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Pretty loaded, man. I'm not saying there's going to be multiple franchise quarterbacks in this draft, but there might, there might actually, I mean, that, that is a possibility if you look at next year's quarterback class it's far weaker
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: far weaker in oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, so.
1: the tweets were so funny it's like some of the bears he's like yeah don't worry guys we can skip on a quarterback this year and next year maybe we can draft <laughs> it was just like empty <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. uh who <laughs> who's gonna be the top pick
0: <laughs> right yeah uh, but maybe we can draft Riley Leonard. <laughs> Riley, Le- yeah, I'm gonna be playing at Notre Dame, man. That's just weird. But yeah, yeah, whatever.
1: All right, man. Let's let's kill it on the way out. Let's let's say one thing. If you were taking your bet right now, we talked a lot about the first overall pick. Who yeah. do you think the Bears are drafting at nine overall?
0: Ooh, who are they taking at nine? I've seen yeah. Bowers' name float a lot, and let me tell you what, I would not be opposed to it. <laughs> um yeah. I'm fine with Bowers at nine. If I'm being honest, bro. Oh, dude, I don't know if he's gonna be at that pick though. I'm torn. I don't know who wide receiver two is gonna be. Um but yeah. I'm also getting ahead of myself too. I I feel like that's so fan to think that they would go ahead and draft another wide receiver. But we've seen them not take like wide receivers high in the draft, yeah. uh, As far as polls, so I don't want to get ahead of myself there. If I had to throw one name right now, I will say Brock Bowers. Yeah, it's a very trendy pick. I will admit that though. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm.
1: I'm. If he's there, I don't know if it'll happen. But Odunze, I mean, that's that's
0: a big one. In, In my mind, I was actually gonna say neighbors, but I don't know. Yeah, neighbors. Do you think neighbors goes before Odunze?
1: That's the hard one. I I don't it's all gonna depend on you know the teams. I feel like with uh the chargers being there, I feel like they'd prefer someone of neighbors skill set, to be honest, for that team. Keenan um, Allen
0: replacement. Yeah, um,
1: exactly. And neighbors I, was prolific
0: this year. See, I wouldn't be upset though if they end up skinning Xavier Worthy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know and there's also too like so many like in that worthy range you also have 80 AD and Mitchell is in this draft as well um talk about yeah. Ricky Purcell um Johnny Wilson right Um uh, Brian, Thomas Jr. Brian Thomas Jr. I'm a fan uh, of Coleman? him Coleman declared right
1: yeah Coleman yeah Coleman's there He'll be there.
0: He's fantastic. I mean,
1: it'd be rich to to draft a lot of these guys at nine.
0: Well, oh no 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 no! I'm I'm yeah, just yeah. I'm I Wasn't insisting that I, there's two yeah. wide receivers that you <laughs> that you consider taking at nine. Purcell. That, <laughs> yeah, no, that would be Odunze and um, and Neighbors. You consider taking a nine uh, for sure, but none of those other guys. I know so you're I'm be- saying that it's loaded.
1: Big Turner guy too, right? Dallas Turner. That's who I'm. That's not who. I, if I was making a bet right now, that's who I would probably think they'd go with.
0: Dallas Turner. I I had talked about that before. I think he might be off the board by then. Um, if I'm being yeah, honest, he could be. I think he's probably gonna be gone at that point. And um, I love Jared Verse, but it's he is an older
1: prospect, rich. and it's it's, it's hot. That's high. He's he, in my opinion, like day one best edge rusher in the class. Like when you actually. And No, I, I think he is. I think he's like day one impact, highest of the edge rushers, but Dallas Turner, man. I know people have been saying it his entire career. If he puts things together, he could be a freak, an absolute freak at the NFL. And he, he showed so much growth this year, which gives me confidence. Yeah. No, he one did. One last he, question. Yeah. One last question. Bowers and Odunze are both on the board. Who you draft? <laughs>
0: See, it's funny because like, this really is just, it's need versus best player available in my mind. Yeah, I really, really, I had Odunze mapped out after I had the chance to rewatch some of the twenty twenty two season. I was high on him. I you can probably head back to some pods like in August, and I probably had thrown his name out we were talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, I promise it. Um at the same time, I think the best player between those two is Brock Bowers.
1: And I think Bowers is for sure gonna be there. It's just for me, it's just hard. I would probably do a dunze, even though Bowers but, is the better player, just uh, because we already yeah. have Kemet, and I'm like, uh oh, tight you know, I, but this what I'll say Reese. Hey, two tight end I don't sets for throw. And exactly. I don't know if the Bears feel that way. I like I feel like the Bears feel are along your like same wavelength here because yeah. Shane Waldron comes from a tight end background. He ran a ton of two tight end stats with Seattle, and they didn't even have that great of tight ends. <laughs> so, just, like, to do if if you're the OC, I mean, maybe that's what brought him here. He's like, I'm I'm going to draft Brock Bowers or I'm going to die trying. Yeah. Um, but, like, gonna kill ones and Brock and, Bowers
0: is, no one's going to stop. Me.
1: <laughs> and let's be honest here, man. I, I know that overall tight end value isn't super high, but the truly elite, like the truly truly elite tight ends, man, they are. They can be game changers. They're just game. Like think about, you know, I'm not gonna. It, they're different Kelsey. players, obviously, but Kelsey Gronkowski. I mean, yeah. these are teams that have dynasties and they had some of the b- best tight ends. If you can get that linebacker on him, oh my god, man! He, game
0: over. George Kittle who gets a lot of comps any, to Bowers. Any linebacker, bro.
1: Oh. And a, a rookie, t- a rookie QB's best friend. I mean, awesome. Brock Bowers is the closest thing I've seen to generational.
0: What if, what if the Bears are rolling out twelve personnel? Their first play next year, you know, you got DJ Moore, Cole Komet out there, Brock Bowers, and Lad McConkey. <laughs> <laughs> I would like. I like McConkey, man. I, I I like him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, he's, man. He's, after he's the got, Georgia You know,
1: kids, he's huh? got some Hunter Refro, Renfro in him. He'll be available, uh, too. It seems like. Oh, it. yeah. With the ninth overall pick. <laughs> yeah,
0: in the supplemental <laughs> draft. <bro>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Let's kill let's this show. shit. <laughs> yeah, let's kill it. I also need to give a shout out really quickly to uh, the uh, Bears reporter that uh kind of or actually I don't know if it was Bears reporter, or Nationwide reporter, I can't remember who. I think it was a Bears reporter that uh put out a story right before Caleb Williams like declared for the draft like 5 hours later, uh potentially indicating that he might decide to enter the supplemental draft so that the Bears didn't have to draft him. Uh truly hilarious uh column that has aged extremely poorly.
0: So uh shout out to you. Yeah, what a what a crazy insinuation but uh, yeah shout out to him man <laughs> well thank you all for listening brighter days are ahead yeah yeah brighter days are ahead thank y'all for listening it's gonna be a a, wonder, a wonderful off season to get to cover with y'all um you know i'll take austin's bit here make sure you leave a rating review if you enjoyed it um we'll definitely Read them if you give a five-star rating and review. We'll read them out at the beginning of the next pod.
1: Thank you, everyone, so much. It's been wonderful being with you guys again this week. And uh, bear down, everyone. Bear down. it's communism. I mean, I mean, it's a pure RPO is the
0: purest form of communism. I mean, there we
1: go.